Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hey, this is Mike with the Fin Fans Podcast. Each week we come to you, we bring you our opinions on what's going on within the Dolphins organization. Uh, we uh, shoot straight, we, we don't BS anyone, and uh, here we go. Hey everyone, it's Mike with the Fin Fans Podcast, and I'm here with Louis Argoni. Hey, Dolphins, how is everybody? We're not going to get an answer, right? They can't respond. They all raise their hands. <laughs> Raising it, good, good. Everybody's uh-huh. like, good, or you know, uh, whatever. That could, that could be a middle finger. I'm not sure. Yeah, um, like, screw you, Lou. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, what's up? So we got two news to talk about, and uh, it's interesting. You know, uh, we had a rookie quarterback that came in and played what seven games last year, right? Nine games last year, and right. uh, in the nine games, he went uh, six and three. And he comes out, and he basically says he wasn't really, really familiar enough with the offense. And uh, what did you think of that whole press conference? Well, I mean, the comments, it, it was obvious as you watched his play. I mean, we made excuses for him in regard to his physical capabilities, the injuries, the talent around him, and you know, a bunch of other things, you know, the offensive coordinator being too conservative. Well, now we understand why he was conservative. He actually made a comment to that, to where they simplified the offense for him. And yet he still wasn't prepared to do the job. So, I mean, I have a major problem with it, you know, because now we're getting to the bottom of it. And I said it all last season in regard to his uh, health to where the Dolphins would be crazy to put a guy if they didn't feel he was healthy enough to play in an NFL football game. I mean, it's no joke out there. I mean, you're talking about the best athletes in the world, you know, coming at you on every play. And, you know, you have to you have to go out there and you have to be physically capable of playing the game. Um, so I thought that that, you know, that that was not the issue to begin with. You know, if the Dolphins felt he was healthy enough and he felt he was healthy enough, and his agent and everybody that supports him and everybody around them, then he's a, you know he's on the football field for that reason. And um, now, you know, come to find out that it was more so his preparation, which to me, well, he say he did mention his physical uh, ability, and he did you know mention that he wasn't where he wanted to be last year. Uh, hence, the strength training and everything else that he's been doing. Right, but he was physical enough to to run a football team in the NFL. That's the bottom line. I mean, they gave him the go. He did it. Um, You know, not being prepared for um, quarterbacking in the NFL to me is unexcusable. I mean, it's as simple as that. Um, You know, you didn't have the opportunity to maybe get your body in – where you wanted it to be, right, in preparation for the season. But my goodness, there is no excuse for not being able to study a playbook. Um, There's just no excuse for it. You had opportunities week in and week out to do that, 
to, to try and get to a certain point. And, you know, we watched a half a season of much of the same. So I have a lot of problems with it. The fact that he came out and, and, um, and admitted to it, uh, people are applauding. You know, to me, you know, I would have maybe just kept my mouth shut and just prepared for this season and moved on. I mean, we're past that already. Um, I don't, I just don't like the whole situation. I think it's, uh, I think it smells, you know, I think the, um, the organization, um, the coaches around him, uh, I'm very disappointed in the fact that they continued to throw a guy out there that was not prepared to do the job. They had a lot of sample sizes of him week in and week out, and they continued to go that route. Um, so I, I've got problems with this, Mike, all over the place. I mean, all over the place. Well, to me, it definitely falls on the coaches, uh, and not that he shouldn't have been more prepared personally, because maybe he should have, maybe he shouldn't have. We don't know what he was given to work with, but I would think that if you're coaching that football team and you know your quarterback isn't able to audible and isn't able to alert and uh, do the things that a quarterback needs to do not to get sacked and, and just you know lose plays. I think you've got to work on that in, in practice and in meetings and, uh, you know, stay after school, so to speak, and, and, and get together and uh, at least give him some options. You know, I, maybe he's not going to know the entire playbook, but you got to pick your 10 or 15 most run plays and, and he's got to have some sort of uh, hots or whatever it is that he needs in case the defense gives him something that's not what he should be seeing or what not what he expects to see. Yeah, I mean, listen, we knew the limitations last year, right, in regard to practice and right, you know, of course. All, uh, okay, so the the coaching staff for the most part um has to rely on him to do his studying on his own. I mean, a lot of this was done through, you know, through video and whatnot. And and they're hoping Yeah, but once the once the season started, Lewis, and they realized that he he wasn't where he needed to be, assuming they didn't know that from practice, uh, it's on the quarterback coach and on the offensive coordinator to get him where he needs to be. You can't keep throwing him out there and uh not having him prepared, you know, because otherwise you're gonna have, end up doing exactly what you had to do. You're going to end up pulling him and pulling him because he's not able to sustain drives and he's not able to uh, hit those passes that obviously uh, Fitzpatrick was able to hit. Right. It starts with him and it ends with the coaching staff. I mean, like I said, all the way around, there's blame here, Uh, plain and simple. I mean, as you're watching these football games as a fan, you're seeing that there's something just not right. The offense just isn't clicking. He's not doing the job. I mean, some of his quarterback ratings in these games were absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he had in the Ram game, you know, which was basically his first start, you know, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. His quarterback rating was 29.5 and and the defense was dominant that day. Then he came back against Arizona and he had a really solid football game. From there, it kind of goes downhill, you know, even in the Kansas City game who people were saying, oh, you know, we bounced back. We did this. We did that. His quarterback rating in that game was a 30.3. And he, ran for, he ran for two touchdowns in that game. Yeah. Well, regardless of the fact, the bottom line is this, is that, you know, the, 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 um, the production wasn't there. The offense, the offense slacked. 
you know, a lot of it falls on him and the coaching staff as well. I'm very disappointed in the coaching staff. You know, staff. he threw for over 300 yards in that Kansas City game. Yeah, well, mostly in the second half. But Well, that's fine, but yeah. the point is it wasn't as bad as you're making it sound. He did not have a bad game against Kansas City. Mm, okay. It wasn't a good game, but it wasn't a bad game. I, I the, the, the formula for quarterback rating, I, I don't know how they get to it, you know, detail by detail, but – the bottom line is it was at 30, 30.3. That's not a good yeah. quarterback rating for a football game. The bottom line is this, is that, you know, the, the, the coaching staff, which I'm very disappointed in, you know, threw a guy out there, um, you know, at the expense of the team for the most part. And, you know, we can talk about the fact that, yeah, he needed to get experience. It benefited him. I don't know how much it did benefit him because if you go out there and you're doing what he's doing. You don't know what you're doing. You get in the bad habits, which in fact he did. He was throwing off his back foot. He was rushing passes. He was doing a lot of bad things and got into a lot of bad habits. So in all honesty, I don't know how much it, it definitely didn't help the team. I mean, we knew we had a better quarterback on the roster last year, a quarterback that knew the game, a quarterback that would have had our team in a better position to win games week in and week out. And the coaching staff decided for, for half a season to continue to go back to Tua, even after Fitzpatrick bailed him out on two different occasions. So I'm disappointed here. You know, I don't know how much Flores was involved, but, you know, it, it all falls on him when it's all said and done because you have guys underneath you that, you know, you control basically to some extent. Um, you're the head man. And it starts with him, and then it goes downhill from there. The quarterback coach, as you mentioned, the offensive coordinator, uh, you know, all the way across the board, you know, there's blame to be thrown at here. And, um, you know, it basically cost us, you know, uh, possibly a playoff berth. I mean, I know this team would have been a better team, and uh, that's what this is all about. You know, we talk about Breida. Maybe it was because they weren't doing they weren't prepared. They didn't know the playbook. They kept missing blocking assignments in practice. They kept doing a lot of things that warrant them not being on the field. Well, I think at every other position on this team, uh, they wouldn't have got, you know, they didn't get passes, whereas Tua did. You know, to me, that's a problem. It really is. It's a problem. Now, if you have, you go into this season and you got a guy like Jacoby Bissett backing him up, it's a whole different situation. Last year was different. I mean, the team was playing well at the time that Fitzpatrick got benched. They had opportunities to make a move, and they didn't. And, and that's a disappointment to me. Well, I mean, listen, you've made it known you favor Fitzpatrick, but this isn't about Fitzpatrick. Okay? No, it's not about favoring him, Mike. It's about the team being in the best position to win every week. That's the bottom line. Forget about favoritism. I mean, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the fact that your team is a better football team with one player running it than the other. And that's the bottom line. I mean, if it was Ryan Tannehill that was here and, and he seemed to be doing better than Tua, I'd, I'd favor him over. It's about the football team. It's not about one player. I think they put way too much emphasis on one guy and, and, and he basically failed us in that process. They gave him the reins to this team. And he didn't put himself in the best position to win football games. And he admitted to that. And that's a problem. It's well, a problem all the way around. See, to me, I look at that as him being a leader, as him, you know, uh, standing up in front of the team and saying, you know, I could have been better last year. And that's what, that's how I take that rather than, 
uh, him coming out and saying, you know, the coordinator didn't help me. Uh, uh, the receivers didn't help me. They were dropping passes and the offensive line couldn't block and, and blah, blah, blah. Okay. He came out and he said it was on him. And that, that's what a leader does. Now, how much of it is true that, that you can kind of look at, you know, through your own eyes and make your own determinations. Um, I think they were running an offense that was much more uh, conducive to Fitzpatrick having success than Tua. Um, but as far as the uh, line and, and the receivers dropping balls, there's something there as well. Um, but Tua did not play well. Uh, so there, there's a certain amount of blame that has to be put on his shoulders. You know, he's got to play better than what he played last year. But, you know, that's what the offseason is for, to get better. So I'm looking forward to seeing how much he actually improves and if he has improved. Yeah, I mean, Tua's not the type of guy that can get by on on talent alone. He's just not. And if he's not prepared, then that's, I mean, basically going into, going into the season, um, this is what you wanted. You wanted a leader. You wanted a guy that was going to take control of an offense. You look at a Drew Brees and his physical attributes compared to, say, an Aaron Rodgers and what he does on a football field. And it's like night and day, but they get the job done in different ways, right? So uh, Drew Brees is probably one of the most prepared quarterbacks in the NFL, and he has been. You know, he understands what he has to do to get the job done. Uh, that's the type of quarterback the two has got to be. And if he's not bringing that to the table, you know, I, I told you, I think we talked about this in a in a um, in a podcast earlier in the year, a guy that coached him at Alabama. No, we, you know, we, we that was a private conversation. I don't think we talked about. Well, it we podcast. did a. So I'm not going to mention any names, but a coach that quarterbacked him at Alabama uh, basically told me he knew Tua was going to have problems at the NFL level because he's not a study guy. He's not a study guy. He doesn't. You know, he wants to get by on his physical attributes and so on and so forth. But he's now in a position where he doesn't have. In fairness, Lewis, uh, you know, that coach coached him in 2017. All right. But, you know, the bottom line is, is that he understands it. it listen, exactly what took place last mm -hmm. year at the NFL level is exactly what he mentioned. And, um, you know, I, that's all that's all I'm saying is that he's not a big study guy. OK, he wasn't in college and he hasn't been. And um, these guys, you know, they understand what the player is all about and so on and so forth. So he's got to go out. He doesn't have top-notch receivers, you know, three guys. He's not at Alabama anymore. Right. I mean, the Dolphins are not going to be loaded with superstars all the way around them. It, it's got to fall on him. And coming into this season, you know, he, he's got to be prepared, you know, or else this guy is going to, you know, it's going to be a big mistake on our part. He's got to step up and do everything possible. And, and rightfully, he should have did it last year as the number five pick in the draft, understanding that you were going to have some physical, uh, you know, limitations. difficulty, limitations. Uh -huh. You should have been the, the more prepared mentally because you understood that you were going to have limitations at other, in other aspects of your football game. So the one thing that he could have done to improve his game was to be mentally prepared week in and week out, and he, and he didn't do that. And I don't understand why he didn't. I mean, only he can answer that. But, you know, at this level, when you're a professional and you're going to, you know, you're getting paid money and you're a number five pick in the draft, you know, you expect that. The coaches expect it. The fans expect it. Everybody expects that out of you. And, um, you know, when you admit to not doing that, 
you know, I, I have a problem with it. You know, I don't care what the excuses are for it, but, you know, it shouldn't be done. It's, it's that simple. And I know he's young and I understand that, but, you know, if... It, he's not the first rookie to come out and say, I didn't have full grasp of the playbook. This is right. not unusual for a rookie. Right, um, exactly. Especially, especially at a quarterback, so... Hey, listen, it's happening all around the NFL. You know, guys are getting thrown into games and, you know, right off Jump Street and you can see the difference. I mean, some guys are have been prepared. Some guys went out there and did an extremely good job and then other guys have struggled quite a bit. Um, but, you know, we had options and now we'll get off of two and we'll go to the, you know, back to the coaching. You know, we had an option last year. It wasn't like we were a horrible team. And, you know, we're like, you know what, just throw him out there, let him get his feet wet, so on and so forth. The team was playing extremely well um, at the time of the move. And um, the, once they gave him the opportunity and it continued to go backwards, you know, they had opportunities to make a move and week in and week out, they didn't do it. So I, I again, I have a problem all over the place with this whole situation. I really do. And I don't understand why you wouldn't, you know, or anybody wouldn't, you know, in regard to the decision making and um, you know everything that's that's unfolded and everything that did unfold last year. They were winning games despite the offense. Let's go that route. Agreed. They were, they were winning on defense and special teams for the most part. Yep. The only reason you do that, Lewis, is because you're trying to prepare the kid to go forward. And uh, you know they they knew that Fitzpatrick was not a long term solution, so they wanted to get him prepared. Now you said earlier that. You don't think it helped him at all. Well, maybe it didn't. We'll see. Uh, when he hits the field this year, a lot of questions are going to be answered. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we understand. We watched him. We see what he's capable of doing. You know, I mean, he did have plays here and there where, you know, he made some good throws. They were few and far between, but, you know, he did it from time to time. But it was, it was nothing special. Nothing. I mean, He I was didn't, timid. He was very timid. Right. I didn't see anything out of out of his play last year that that excites me going into this season now you know if he's physically if he's if he's a a a physical specimen coming out this year to where he's worked hard he's gotten to the point where he's at full capacity as far as his physical condition and mentally comes out and he and he understands what what's got to be done i mean he could excel you know but that that has to happen you know before i change my mind on any of this and you know that doesn't take away what the coaching staff did this did did last year i mean you know as an nfl player and you know i talk about this all the time you know when you when you look around the team and you see what's going on you know the players are not stupid you know they they see a guy getting a pass when other guys aren't it it, it creates problems to some extent and um there's a disconnect there. And, um, you know, the fact that Gailey's gone now could be a positive thing. You know, the often you got new offensive coordinators, um, you know, maybe they go out and they say, hey, you know, listen, we're, we're not, you know, you're not prepared. You're not going to see the field. I don't know what the scenario is, but the bottom line is, is that um, on the offensive side, you know, things, you know, there's no excuses this year. You've got some talent. Um, the offensive line they got a lot of experience last year as well. I mean, that, that's another thing, Mike. You know, you look across the offensive line, and and there were guys coming in and out of that lineup. You know, when they weren't producing, um, they they did a lot of moving around last year. And um, you know, when you're getting benched as a young player um, for not 
you know, understanding what you have to do. And then you're looking at the guy that's running the whole show and he's getting a pass. I mean, that's a problem. No, he I got mean, benched you know, a couple of times. He wasn't getting a pass. Yeah. And then he started the very next week again. So yeah, he was getting a pass, Mike, whether you want to, you know, admit to that or not. I mean, he was getting pulled in the fourth quarter of two games and that was the extent of it. Um, had he gotten sit down, sat down for one week after a bad performance and he had quite a few that it, that could have happened. Um, I, I'd agree with you, but, uh, no, he was getting a pass. I mean, you know, we had, um, Fitzpatrick come in on two different scenarios and bail him out. And he was the starter the following week. I mean, Flores came right back out, you know, without wasting any time and said, listen, he's our starter again next week. So, well, if he's your starter, that's what you do. I mean, (laughs) yeah, you know, you ride with him. And if, if it blows up in your face then it blows up in your face, they won 10 games. They weren't expected to, it was not a bad season. So. No, and I did, I told you earlier it had you know they were winning despite the offense. Well, we know um, that we we know that, but so did so, Flores. So you know yeah, he's the, try, he's the, trying to get him some game action and still win, and he was pretty successful at doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you know like like I said, I mean I regardless we can go back and forth all day. The bottom line is is that you know I have a problem any point. Any any time a guy is put in front of another guy simply because of um, you know the fact if he's not producing then he needs to go to the bench. That's the bottom line. I mean we've seen it over and over again over the years with with, with specific players, and um, you know it, it. The quarterback is is a key here. I don't under, I don't know what their reasoning was behind it. I mean, we can say they wanted to get his feet wet, they wanted to do this, they wanted to do that. They were still winning football games great, but as far as I'm concerned, when you're in the NFL and and you're running a football team, you put the best 22 guys out there week in and week out. I don't care what position it is, it doesn't make any difference to me. You put your team in the best possible position to win a football game week in and week out. And the second half of last season, I don't think that that decision was made. It is what it is. I mean, you know, it's in the past. We got to move forward from it. And, you know, let's just hope that Tua learned something from this whole situation, if anything else, that he understands what it takes to be prepared, that you can't just go out there and, and throw the football around and say, hey, I'm winning football games. You have to be prepared week in and week out. And if you're not, then you know, you're going to get much of the same results that you did last season. So let's just hope they all move forward from this and they all understand the mistakes that were made, including the coaching staff. Well, look, I don't want to get on the coaching staff too much because I don't know the, all the circumstances. But you know, I, I've said to you that you know, I, I kind of hold them responsible because – as I said earlier, you know, if, if he wasn't really, really prepared, which is what he said, then they didn't really, really do their jobs. So, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. They didn't. And the fact that they kept throwing him out there, understanding that, I mean, we don't see as much game film as they do, right? They, they're in the huddle. They got to be talking to the wide receivers and the tight ends and, and the players that are around him. And they've got to be giving them input in regard to, you know, what's going on on specific plays. And they're watching the same thing we are over the course of the game actually being played. Now, we don't see what's going on in practice, right? 
No. Um, and we don't watch nearly as much game film as they do after the game's over. So, it, you know, again, it goes back to... And we're, like not a fl- we're not a fly on the wall in their weekly breakdown when the coaches are sitting together, you know, formulating a game plan for the following week. Right. Well, the game plan, he admitted to admitted that they simplified the offense incredibly for him. And he still had issues. Um, so I don't know what more they could have done. And I mean, we were giving Gailey, I gave him a lot of shit all last year. I think we all did because they were too conservative. But now we understand as to why. You know, he was looking at things and saying, listen, this guy can't, you know, can't deal with what we're put, throwing he at him. Right. He didn't want to put too much on his plate. But, uh, you know, and I'm not saying that's the wrong approach. I mean, obviously, with a young quarterback who didn't have, you know, a normal offseason, you're not going to give him the entire playbook and make him eat it. But I think that you, you, like I said, you take your best 12 or 15 plays and you make sure he knows them inside and out, and that includes alerts and hots and all that other stuff. That's the way that I, I believe that should have been handled. And I don't think a quarterback learning 15 or 20 plays is out, outside the scope of uh, uh, something that he should be capable of doing. Agreed. Agreed. There's, so, there's, there's a lot of problems here, Mike, and hopefully it, they all get resolved. That's the bottom. Yeah, line. and I think they will. I think the reason they, you know, sent Gailey packing is because they wanted, you know, and last year I'm sure they were kind of tutoring these guys in the process uh, to take over. So hopefully it works, and hopefully uh, Godsey and Studsville are, are more in tune with what Tua's strengths are. And uh, they create an offense that accentuates those. Yeah. I mean, they, they've got a, you know, the playbook with the talent that they have, right? You know, they went out, they got Fuller, you know, our draft pick Waddle. Uh, you've got, you drafted another tight end. You've got players, okay? And um, you, you have to utilize them. Got to be a quick, you, quick you, passing you, game. He's, he's got to get the ball out of his hands quickly and... Uh, He's got to take advantage of matchups. Well, I don't know what type of offense they're going to. I, honestly, I don't know what. I don't know if they're going to throw quick passes. I don't know if they're going to throw 10 flies a game, you know, going the next season. Well, they season. could do but, that as well. But right, my what, point is, it should be predominantly a quick paced offense. Well, whatever they got to do, um, regardless of what it is, is what I'm getting at, is that they have to execute it. That's the bottom line. That is very um, true. I mean, you know, you, you look at teams in the NFL and it didn't matter. It doesn't matter that you know what's coming at you. You just have to stop it, and sometimes you can't. If you execute properly and you have guys doing what they're supposed to be doing across the board, including your quarterback, then you know it doesn't matter what the defense is preparing for. If you execute properly, you're not going to stop them, and, and that's what they have to work towards this year. You know, They all have to be on the same page. Um, you know, there's some positives that I've seen here in the off season. I, I read something that where two is working with the receivers and, you know, and so on and so forth. And, and that's what you want. You know, you got to go forward from this, from this whole situation and let's just hope that they do because, you know, we've talked about this in, in past podcasts. I think that the defense is going to be extremely solid. You know, it's the offense that's going to be a concern. But now that we've got some talent there, you know, a lot of this is going to, listen, this is going to be big for two. It really is because, you know, you've got, you've got new coordinators to work with. Um, you've had a whole season, off season. 
to prepare yourself for this upcoming season. You got a lot of talent at skill positions now. So, um, you know, th- this is going to fall on him. You know, he didn't have an awful lot of pressure last year because we weren't even sure what we were going to get out of him, you know, at any point. But this year, you know, he's got the starting job. You know, Fitzpatrick had it last year to start yeah, the it's year. It's his team. It's his team. Um, you know, it's it's that simple. So, you know, with that being said, you know, he, he's got to do everything he possibly can to win football games for you, and you need to be prepared. And we don't want to go out there and see a lot of what we saw last year. I mean, you can't expect, you know, uh, him to go out and look like Pat Mahomes right out of the gate. But what you want to see is something more, uh, an improvement over what we saw the second half of last year. I mean, there were games that were absolutely horrible. The offense was absolutely pathetic. And we don't want to see that. We want to see average, you know, at least. And then on given weeks, really good football out of the offense. You know, that's what you want to see. You don't want to see um, negative. I mean, just everything across the board being negative, whether it be the running game, whether it be, you know, the 83 yards passing on given days, you know, just, uh, you know, against horrible defenses. You got to improve on what we saw last year or else, you know, this team will not make the playoffs. It's that simple. Well, based on talent alone, they should improve. I mean, you brought Absolutely. in Waddle, you brought in Fuller, who sadly won't play the first game. But regardless, you brought him in. Uh, they, they drafted the tight end that they drafted. And I think that, they you know, they're trying to put together an offense. They drafted Eichenberg, you know, to compete a right tackle. Yeah. So... I mean, you know, it's looking up, and I don't want to be negative about it. I do think two is going to improve. I think he has to. Uh, You know, the the offseason and the strength training and and having something that resembles a real training camp, I believe, will help him immensely. Mm -hmm. And uh, I expect him to have a good season. And, you know, I hope he lives up to my expectations because I truly do expect it. Yeah, we have to. Mike, We, you know, we we invested in the guy. So – in turn, you know, he now has to do what, what, what an NFL quarterback has to do. There's 32 in the world, right? Yep. And um, he's one of them right now, and he's got to understand that. He's got to understand the importance, why he didn't go in in the last season. I'm not quite sure, but maybe he learns from it. Hopefully he learns from it. He has to learn from it, or else we're, you know, we're going to go back to square one. And, you know, I would think that he has enough character and enough understanding of what's got to be done to where he does go forward with this. And then... Well, I think if you heard is the way he's spoken in that interview, I mean, he seems like he gets it. I mean, I don't think it's a matter of him not getting it. I just think it's a matter of all the pieces have to fit together. Yep. And this is, you know, this is going to be a, this is going to be a fun season for us if, in fact, the offense gets to where... Uh, we feel they should be this year with the, you know, with the additions, um, you know, the defensive side, I think will, it, it, it will do their job. You know, the coaching staff usually prepares these guys, you know, other than this whole situation, you know, for the most part, you know, you see guys prepared. I mean, Gaskins always seems to be in the right place, you know, and I think that's why he was a starter over all those other guys. You know, they did year. change the quarterback coach too. Right, exactly, right. We didn't touch on that yet. I didn't get to him as well. But yes, absolutely. I mean, there's changes that were made. And, um, 
you know, hey, there's there's a lot of things that were put in place for him, right? Yep. You know, meaning Tua. And, um, you know, that's the bottom line right now. Now, you know, you've got everything you need uh, for the most part. You know, can we use another another player on offense, you know, you know, really at the running back position? Absolutely. But, you know, I think Gaskins and the guys that we have will do a very adequate job for us this year. Um, Gaskins made plays in the offense last year, and I think he'll do much of the same this year. So you'll get enough There's production. There's no reason to think that Gaskin won't be better. Exactly. Absolutely. And, you know, he's a perfect example, Mike, of, you know, of a guy that was starting, okay, starting over guys that were drafted ahead of him, traded ahead of him, signed to big uh, free agent contracts right mm-hmm. at the beginning of last year. And traded and- for and traded for it. And lo and behold, when it's all said and done, who's your starting running back? It's Gaskins. Why? Because he, he understood what needed to get done. I mean, that guy was always in the right place at the right time, and he went out and he excelled. That's what you want out of Tua going into the season. Yep. Um, you know, there there's some other guys on the team. You know, you can you can go to Preston Williams, who in who started from week one. Now he does drop passes, but he's in a position to make plays, and he was. Yeah, he's gonna. From he's gonna one. have. Yeah, he's gonna have trouble starting in this this season. Um, oh yeah, he's not gonna start. Yeah. I mean, I can't see him starting. No. I mean, you said Fuller's uh, suspended in week one, right? So okay, great. So you got you know. Hopefully, you have Waddle who who shows us a lot, and he comes out and he starts from day one. And you've got Parker on the other side starting. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. There really isn't. I mean, you you got two very solid starters there. And then, or course, if Wilson is on the team, maybe you start him instead of Waddle if Waddle isn't quite ready yet. You know. Yeah. It, it, there regardless are other of yeah, regardless of who starts, you know, yeah. you expect Waddle to get a lot of a lot yes. of playing time yes. in Week One. I mean, he he may not be on the field for the first play of the game, but. In three receiver sets, he should be out there consistently. Yeah, I, w- I would expect to see him in the slot and not outside anyway for the majority yeah, of the time. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. I think they're going to move him around quite a bit. Yep. Um, he's going to be – you may see him line up in the backfield from time to time too. I think you know he's, he's a dynamic player that's, that's going to be a lot of fun and, and add a lot to our offense without a question of a doubt. I mean, he's got to, right? He's got to. Is it August yet? It's not August yet, but uh, every minute we're that much closer, right? That's true. From the time we started this podcast until now, we're 35 minutes closer, Mike. Well, with that, <laughs> with that said, have you got anything else to add? No, I think we're good. Um, you know, it's... Uh, think positive, Lewis. It's a long offseason. I always think positive. Two is going to do it. But, um, you know, the bottom line ask, is... Ask Kirk. He'll tell you. Yeah, Kirk is uh, Kirk. Kirk's a wall. We haven't. <laughs> he hasn't been on the show in a while. Yeah, he's he's got a lot going on right now. I guess. Um, but uh, we'll get him on, and he'll. Uh, I, I don't want to hear anything about Tua from now until the season starting. To be honest with you, or at least until our first preseason game, because um, you know I know that's what people want to hear. You know, he was in the news this week, so obviously we have to address it on the show here. But um, you know, it's time to just you know, no more talk. You know, um, no more excuses, no more talk. Let's just go out and let's just get it done. You know, that's the bottom line. Just go out there, uh, bust hump, get the job done. 
make everybody yeah. happy, especially look like you belong. me. That's it. Just look look like you belong. Exactly, exactly. Because um, you know the other options on this team right now are are not very good. You know we don't have that luxury this year. So he's got to do it. He's got to do it. If if he does well, I you know I can see this team winning twelve games. I you know I I see them up there in the win count. I mean, there's a lot of games when we went through the schedule, Mike, to where they were, eh, you know, we, you know, we may lose this game. It's an in-betweener, right? You win those in-betweeners on top of the games that you expect to win. And you can get to that 12-win plateau, which puts you in the playoffs. But, um, you know, the, our question is obviously right there. You know, it's that simple. You know, let, let's, let's do this real quick before we go, right? You put and I'm not saying that, you know, that, that this would happen or it could possibly happen. But if you put Deshaun Watson or you put Aaron Rodgers on this football team, how many games do you think we would win next year? I mean, just off the top of your head, just to throw a number out there. 11, 12? Maybe, maybe even a little bit more, right? You know, you, you've got one. You if, know, got if they're two. lucky with injuries and, you know. Right, you got two of the best quarterbacks in the right. league there, right? So if Tua plays at a very good level next year, we can get, you know, I mean, and I'm not saying that he can play up to those two guys, you know, ability, not yet. No. you know, not yet. But I'm saying even if he plays adequately, you know, and some games he lights it up, we can get to that 12-win plateau. I mean, and this this is what I'm talking about because you know, as we as we just talked about those two guys being added to the team, I think we're all you know every me and you and every Dolphin fan out there understands that this is a pretty solid football team right now. We still have a few weaknesses, but if you throw the quarterback position in a positive spin here, you can get to that 12 win plateau, maybe even 13. Looking at the schedule. So yeah, I mean, it, a lot of this is going to fall on Tua, and and well, where how, we how many wins up. did Marino add each season? I mean, that's just the way it works, you yeah. know. If the quarterback has a phenomenal day, you're probably going to win. Doesn't matter who you're playing, right? I mean, you know, Marino with with the teams that we had, Mike, we were getting to nine and seven, ten and six on certain week, you know, certain uh, years after you know those early seasons and um we knew the limitations and we knew you know basically that it all fell on marino with this football team uh they've got one of the best defenses in football right now as far as i'm concerned and with the addition of phillips at the defensive end well we gotta see it and the linebacker absolutely the linebacker we traded for i think that you know that they're they're going to be a better defense next year. You know the safety situation. Definitely um, on paper, they're going to be better. Now they uh, got to do it on the field. Absolutely. So you know, with that being said, you know th- this team has a lot of potential going in the next year. So yeah, there's a lot of things to be very positive about. So anyway, that's it. Let's uh, you know, let's uh, we'll get going again next week. I don't know what we're going to discuss, but uh, I guess we'll we'll figure that out between now and next week. All right, Lewis, thanks for joining me this afternoon. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, until next week, fins up. Fins up, Dolphins. All right, so that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the FinFans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network.
Podcast Network.